As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi guys, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I am the host here at Yoga Birth Babies. And today we're going to be talking to Suzanne Chesney and Nurchi about ICANN, which is the International Cesarean Awareness Network. We're going to talk about family-centered cesareans. Some people also call them gentle cesareans. So ICANN is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to improve maternal health, mater- maternal child health by preventing unnecessary cesareans through education, providing support for cesarean recovery, and promoting vaginal birth after cesarean. We also call it VBAC. So we have two of the leaders for the Manhattan chapter here. We have Narchi and Suzanne, and they're going to tell you a little bit about how they got involved in this. Um, so Narchi, let's have you start off. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, um, I um, I found ICANN in back in 2003 when I was preparing for my first VBAC. Uh, I found tremendous uh, support and inspiration from the wonderful women of this organization. And I decided to give back and um, start working with the local moms. So back in 2012, um, I uh, started a local chapter in Manhattan. Uh, and it's been truly wonderful to, to be able to um, help out and share information, uh, uh, knowledge, resources, with uh, uh, moms who had uh, C-sections and uh, preparing for VBACs. Wonderful. And Suzanne, Suzanne joined me. Yeah, and Suzanne joined me a couple of years ago, and it's been amazing. Wonderful. Suzanne, can you tell us how you found ICANN? 
Sure, sure. Um, well, I I had my first cesarean in 2009. Um, it was an unplanned cesarean, um, which was really, really difficult for me. I'd been planning um, an out-of-hospital birth um, at a freestanding birth center here in New York City and wound up um, being induced. And it was basically a failed induction, which led to this um, this unplanned cesarean, which was really uh, sort of traumatic for me and, and took me a long time to emotionally heal from. And during those first months and, and even a couple years after um, that first cesarean, I really fell into despair, not um, knowing where to find support, emotional support. Um, and I felt really isolated and, and alone. Um, it took me a long time to decide to get pregnant again, to have my second, because I was so afraid of the thought of a second cesarean. And so during my research into, um, into feedback, I think I just stumbled on ICANN searching online and became involved in the um, in the ICANN Facebook group and um, did a bunch of reading on their website. And it was actually, let's see, let's see, I guess it was after Hazel was born then that I became a co-leader with Narchi um, of the Manhattan chapter and began supporting women um, in our in-person meetings. <clears throat> and it's been a wonderful way to give back to women and uh, and I just really wish that I had ICANN when I was um, really in need. It was at, at that time, a local chapter didn't exist. So um, I'm so happy to participate in it now and give back to these women who really need emotional support. Do you feel like just kind of going off a little deviating from some of our original conversation, do you feel like being part of this has helped you heal from the unexpected C-section? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, our meetings, um, our monthly meetings that we have are, are woman-to-woman support. So we meet in small groups, and generally we kind of go around a circle and we tell a little bit about our, our birth histories. Um, we tell our stories, and over the course of that storytelling, um, questions arise that we try and answer, emotions emerge, and, you know, it's it's interesting, like even years later, there will be days when I could tell my story and it would just kind of come out in a very technical way. And then there will be other days where I really struggle to get through it and there would be so many tears. But I feel like with every telling, um, there's a bit more healing that that happens, you know, so um, and I and I'm able to see um how sharing my story has helped other women. And that also has really helped me heal. Yeah, I, I do believe in we need to come together as a community and share and heal from one another. And Narchi, so you're not just um, a VBAC mom, mom of three kids, also as a postpartum and birth doula and childbirth educator and certified breastfeeding counselor. Wow, you got <laughs> quite, a, quite a resume there. Do you feel like um, your VBACs have informed that work? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I definitely, definitely inspired me to start the birth work. I, I started, um, as a birth worker after my three births, uh, and I definitely got the passion uh, for the birth from my own birth. But then, uh, 
My output on BERT changed so dramatous, tremendously over the past few years uh, since I've been working as a doula uh, because truly you do learn from each BERT that you witness and it truly is such a magical and miraculous uh, uh, process every time you witness it. Um, and so it is definitely bound to give you you know, a transformation of some kind. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm bringing uh, great knowledge, uh, great perspective, uh, and I'm hoping to also um, bring bits of, uh, I don't know, good knowledge and wisdom and healing for other moms, you know, who have just their birth as a perspective mm-hmm. and then just getting some extra information may be helpful sometimes, you know. So, yeah, that's what I am at this point. Oh, wonderful. So I'm going to jump into... Let's talk about what we what our subject is today. So family-centered cesarean, again, some people also call it gentle cesarean. Can one of you describe what that would look like if someone wanted to have a family-centered cesarean? Sure. Um, I could jump in on that. Uh, so a family-centered cesarean um, refers to some specific measures that um, can be implemented in a cesarean birth. Uh, and they're aimed to mimic the setting of a vaginal birth. Um, but most importantly, they're aimed to keep the mother and her partner in the center um, of uh, the birth as active participants in the birthing process, which is really, really important. Uh, so such measures may be uh, lowering the uh, sterile drape at the moment of delivery uh, so the parents can see the baby being born, uh, slowing down the delivery process to encourage the physiological resuscitation of the baby, um, delay core clamping, uh, facilitating early skin-to-skin and initiating of uh, breastfeeding in the OR. So, And then the usual newborn procedures being uh, delayed a bit until after mom and baby got to bond. So how does this specifically differ from a traditional cesarean? It's just quicker. They don't lower the curtain. They're they just not focused on telling mom what's going on or all the above. Right. So all these. Um, and in a traditional cesarean, the sterile drape stays up throughout the duration of the surgery. Uh, the birth of the baby is quicker. A cord is cut immediately. Baby is checked, uh, suctioned, labeled, and swaddled. Um, and then given to dad with minimal skin to skin, maybe cheek to cheek um, with mom. Do you feel like that? Also, oh, yeah, please. I, I'd also just like to mention that in a traditional cesarean, oftentimes um, women have their arms uh, outstretched mm-hmm. and strapped down. And uh, many times in what you would call a family centered cesarean, that, that may not be the case. So women might have their arms still outstretched, but free from um, binding, which I know for me uh, made a huge difference in my in my two cesarean births, having my arms uh, strapped down and not... Not tethered. Yeah, I would think just psychologically, having your arms bound to something, um, mm-hmm. it feel... God, I couldn't even imagine that. It just feels like you're Definitely. losing your freedom. You know, you're not it's allowed true. to reach out and hold your baby. It's just mentally, it's um, defeating kind of, you know, you're just, you're not, your, I, you're not yourself. Yeah, yeah. This is probably one of the, the, the factors that if I look back at my uh, cesarean, that is the one factor that made me feel, um, you know, just having a negative outlook on, on the process. Um, that and kind of feeling separated from the experience itself, uh, because like you said, Deb, um, it is so important to f- 
to be talked to, to be explained what is going on, to feel like you are, as a mom, part of the birthing process and respect us as being so, uh, rather than just pretty much, pretty much everybody doing their own job and feeling like you are kind of lost in the process. Did you find, both of you, that since you've had more of the, you've had both, um, well, actually, did either, Narchi, did you have your second and third as a VBAC? Yes. Okay. As, I'm wondering, as a doula, have you ever been in a cesarean and seen the difference with the way the attitude of the doctor between a family-centered cesarean and more of a traditional, like they're focused on the mom, it's not just focused on the baby? Yes, I was actually lucky to be in uh, allowed in the OR twice. Um, and one time, actually, this uh, one-year anniversary today, and it's a very beautiful memory, uh, I was in a beautiful planned repeat C-section birth uh, with this um, amazing team of doctors, uh, anesthesiologists, nurses. It was so beautiful. And witnessing this uh, beautiful cesarean made me uh, realize how striking our small differences uh, in how we we treat the mom and the process itself. So in this uh, cesarean, uh, things went so so beautifully from before the, the surgery, pretty much the staff introducing themselves um, to the mom and the partner, going through the, her birth preferences, um, and then in the OR, uh, anesthesiologist taking pictures of the process, lowered the sterile drape, uh, she was able to be in the center and everybody cheering for her as the baby was emerging. Uh, and she was incredibly happy um, and has such a positive um, experience. Had the baby skin to skin. It was really beautiful. Uh, so much like a vaginal birth in so many ways um, that it was really striking to see. So I can I can see that it makes a really big difference. And those changes required are not that big. They're pretty easy to accommodate. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That's wonderful. So just kind of, what do you think the benefits of this method? It's for the mom, really. I guess mom, baby, and dad. It becomes not just there a side note to the baby in the surgery. What would you say the main benefits are? Um, the main benefits, I would say, like you said, is mom satisfaction, you know, with the birth process. I think this is huge and it's not something that in our culture we really pay too much attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about the mom when she's pregnant and then once the baby's out, pretty much everybody forgets about the mom. Uh, and it's all about the baby, but your birth stays with you throughout your life. And it is something that not many of us acknowledge, um, Nobody asks you, how was your birth and how do you feel about it? It's something that we in the childbirth community are used to thinking about. But out there, you know, moms have just carried the birth with them without really sharing a whole lot. So, yes, the her birth satisfaction is so important. Um, and, of course, um, the skin-to-skin -skin bonding, um, the initiation of, of breastfeeding, um, babies' well-being, uh, reducing the stress, um, less crying, um, all these are just so important. Yeah, I want to add on to something you were just saying. Um, I was really fortunate enough to do one of our podcasts with Penny Simpkins, who I think is truly amazing. And in my research for that, I came across a study she did quite a while ago. And she actually was saying that before she did the study, she was actually thinking of leaving the doula world, which I can't imagine not having Penny Simpkins in the doula world. And no, part of this... I know she's truly amazing. Part of this study was saying is based on looking back years later of women's satisfaction with their birth and looking at how their care provider treated them, how the, how the women perceived their care providers treating them. And that had a direct relationship with how they felt about the birth. So even when a mom has a cesarean, because it could be very, I've, I've, as a doula, I sat in on three um, cesareans and it felt very much like the dad, the mom, and I were on one side and everything else was happening on, on the other. And it sounds like for the care provider to really draw the mom in is going to change how she perceives and remembers her birth and that she felt supported. She wasn't just this body being opened up. So, yeah, that kind of popped in when you were talking about how beautiful the experience was that you were just, you were a part of. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, makes so much sense. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so in vaginal births, it strongly suggests that the mom have immediate skin-to-skin, -skin, initial breastfeeding, delayed cord clamping, all the things you said. How does the mom have that um, necessarily in a family-centered? Is she able to breastfeed as they're, after the, as they're sewing her back up and repairing her? Uh, yes, yes, that's, that is definitely the case or can be the case. Um, and uh, I, I actually did that during my second, um, during my second cesarean. And, and it was so wonderful to have that moment of um, the tiny, fresh baby right on my chest. And it really, even though my birth um, which was an attempted feedback, ended in a repeat cesarean. It really helped transform the experience for me into feeling um, like I had given birth, which I had, but right. it, it was given me, it, it gave me um, 
that moment that I always imagined would happen at the end of a vaginal birth, right? Like the baby comes out of you and it gets put on your chest. You know, that's all part of the image that you might have in your mind, or at least I certainly did. And so I was able to maintain some of that um, picture of my ideal birth by getting uh, skin to skin and nursing in the OR. So Suzanne, since you did have, you know, a more traditional uh, cesarean than more of a family-centered cesarean, did you look for a different care provider to provide that service? No, no. In fact, um, I decided for my second birth that um, that I would have a home birth, uh, which is a whole other conversation in <laughs> itself. But for, for me, I felt like that was the best option for myself, for my family, for my baby. And um, and I had a beautiful home birth experience. It was wonderful. And I, I spent many hours um, pushing and then transferred to the hospital um, when I wasn't making enough progress um, that we were all, you know, comfortable that the baby would be coming and my labor had slowed. So I needed the assistance of a little Pitocin. Thank goodness my, um, my home birth midwife had privileges at the hospital that I transferred to. So I was able to have continuity of care, which was great. Um, but, you know, obviously I didn't look for her, um, you know, thinking that I would have a family-centered cesarean. And in fact, the whole thing sort of played out in the final moments just before my cesarean surgery, um, which if, if you want, I can just tell you a little bit more of how I arrived at that yes, point and maybe yes, what my birth wound up looking like. Okay, so so I'll tell you, we, we transferred to the hospital. I'd been pushing at home for nine hours, which is a very long time. And, well, you must be um, exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very exhausting. But in the haze of labor, I I really it could have been five minutes, it could have been twenty four hours. I really had no idea. Um, but we, you know, so we transferred to the hospital, and I spent a few more hours pushing, and um, with the assistance of pitocin and with a light epidural to sort of give me a little break. And um, finally, I when my baby reached the plus two station, they offered um, to do a vacuum assisted birth, um, but only in a double prepped OR. So I went basically from my living room all the way to rolling into the OR in a matter of few hours. Um, you know, and I, and I found myself in this situation that I had really truly been dreading, like what would happen if I wound up in a repeat cesarean. You know, I thought I was going to have this beautiful home birth I had always dreamt about. Um, and so we did the vacuum attempts and they didn't work. And, you know, everyone started prepping for the, uh, for the repeat cesarean. And I sort of looked at my midwife and I just said, you know, I'm not done yet. I want to continue pushing. And, Everyone in the OR, the attending physicians, my midwife, my doula, my husband, everyone was really so supportive of me, and they knew how badly I wanted my VBAC, and um, they they were just so supportive of me, and so they agreed to let me continue pushing in the OR, which I did for like another hour and a half, until finally I was the one who made the decision to um, go ahead with the repeat cesarean. So that was like the first empowering choice for me was that I wasn't told I was going to have the surgery. Mm -hmm. I was the one who said, you know, this is, I'm, I've arrived at that moment where I feel like I've done everything that I could. 
and I feel happy about the decision, or, or I shouldn't say happy necessarily, but I feel confident in the decision and um, and, and time. So we all agreed um, that the surgery would go ahead. And it was in that moment that I reflected back to a conversation I had had with my doula during my, you know, one of my prenatal visits where she asked me to face the idea of a repeat cesarean. And I told her, you know, I don't even know if I can think about it. My first cesarean was so traumatic for me and there were complications. Like, I just can't imagine being in that position again. And I really worry about what will happen to my mental state if in fact I find myself in that place. And, you know, she really pushed me and said, well, what are the things that you would like to do differently if you have that opportunity or you find yourself in, in that repeat cesarean situation. And I thought about all those things. So then in that moment that I was laying on the table in the OR, finally having made the choice to have a repeat cesarean, that whole conversation came flooding back to me. And, you know, so I just kind of started calling out. I said, you know, listen, if we're going to do this, I really, there are certain things that I really want. You know, I want double layer sutures on my internal incision, because if I ever get pregnant again, I'm going to be back. <laughs> so I told them that. And um, I said, you know, I really want to see my baby before she's cleaned. You know, I want to see her all bloody and goopy. Um, and I really want skin to skin and nursing in the OR. And they agreed to everything. And it was so, so wonderful. I just really felt like the entire team was um, was rooting for me and really wanted to give me the best birth possible. And in addition to all of that, my, uh, my arms were not restrained. Um, the anesthesiologist took terrible pictures, you know, <laughs> the baby on my chest as I was nursing. And my doula was uh, allowed to remain in the OR. My husband was there. My midwife was there. Um, so I had this wonderful um, group of people all around me. And, and, you know, in that moment when the baby um, was eventually being, you know, cleaned up and, and looked after, my husband went to her and my doula came to me. So I was never alone. I felt consistently supported. And um, it wound up being a really, really beautiful, empowering birth and a birth that I thought just wasn't possible. But in fact, it was. So I had kind of an accidental um, family-centered cesarean or unplanned family-centered cesarean. I didn't specifically seek out my provider for that service, but that's what I got. Have you guys ever heard of any care provider being resistant to the idea? It says like, you know, I'm. that's not how I work. I want it to be like this. You need the screen. I have the way I do it. And of course, then the woman has a option not to work with that care provider. But, you know, since you guys are very much dealing, um, and I can repeat, you know, about educating on cesareans, but often probably with VBACs, have either of you guys come into that situation? Um, I can say that I, I come across this situation sometimes uh, in my doula work, mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily in, um, in such a negative way, it's more explained in the sense of, well, this is how the routines are. Uh, it's not just me, the uh, doctor, it's also the anesthesiologists, uh, the pediatricians, the nurses. So it's a multiple team approach and they have the routine settled. So it's 
a little bit difficult to get everybody on board into a new plan. So mm -hmm. that's usually how it is presented. Um, if, if let's say, um, some of uh, my doula clients uh, discuss various preferences with the providers before the birth. And then um, at the moment of... Um, like before the birth, if there is a decision towards a C-section, um, it, it is a good time to discuss uh, those preferences. Um, so at that moment, there may be, again, a repetition of the same uh, idea. Like we have our routines and everything. We don't allow doula in the ORs and um, so on. Um, there's uh, mentioning of the screen um, having to stay up because of the sterile field, like not interfering with the sterile field. Um, so things like that, you know, so this is what I encountered, not necessarily a strong resistance to the idea, more like, well, this is how things are usually done. So it's a bit difficult to accommodate anything else. Oh, so when so that, that yes. being said, though, um, actually just in our, in our last, um, ICANN meeting, we had a woman, um, telling the story of her family centered cesarean saying that. You know, she, she discussed all this with her provider and her provider was resistant. She went back to the provider and said, you know, listen, this is the evidence. She did a lot of research and she showed it all to him. And she just really, you know, had had a very frank discussion with him. And in the end, he wound up coming around and she had a beautiful family-centered cesarean um, with that provider. So, you know, I, I would encourage any woman to you know have the discussion raise the question um and and if you get the answer no you know press on there's there's nothing lost in um in asking for and well i, I should say for for requesting the um the birth that you that you want that you deserve and and if that's really in your heart it, you know it's it's almost never too late to switch providers. You know, you can make that clear to your current provider too, that, you know, you have choice. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Right, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah. I've seen women, even at the latest I saw when I was end up being her doula at 38 weeks, she switched care providers um, yeah. when she really felt in her gut that she was not being heard and that her wishes weren't being honored. It, it wasn't necessarily a cesarean situation, but I do always remind women that they did hire their care provider. And even though it's a lot harder after 23 weeks for married of reasons to switch care providers that, you know, they do have some right if it's not at harm to mom and baby's health. So I love that. Thank you, Suzanne, for bringing that up, that they can switch. And even, you know, 
not you don't want to threaten necessarily, but just say, you know, if this isn't the right relationship, maybe I need to find the care provider that has that. Um, but it's interesting because you can think that, you know, all of us are creatures of habit. And if the care provider and, and the team they tend to work with have one way of doing it, it could just be a little jarring to be suggested to, or maybe even, maybe they feel a little like, I know what's best, you know, I know how to do this. I've been doing it for years. So it is interesting that some women have resistance. Do you suggest that a woman going for VBAC or even a mom that may face a cesarean for the first time has that discussion early, early on with her care provider? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only um, early on, but ideally um, in choosing uh, your care provider, Mm -hmm. you want to select carefully. So you want to go out there and uh, do your research, uh, look at reviews and interview a few providers and see how, how you click, if they align with your philosophy. So in an ideal world, you want to be well informed even before um, you have a provider um, so that you can choose carefully and uh, then create a relationship that's trusting and you know that you are aligned in your vision with your providers. Um, <clears throat> if that is not possible, or let's say you have a provider that, uh, you know, you maybe didn't discuss all these preferences uh, from the get-go, you can definitely start doing so as early as possible during the pregnancy. You can start to ask questions, uh, do your research, um, discuss with your providers um, what would they, how would, are their general uh, cesarean practices, and then just bring up what you feel is right for you. And if, like you said, Deb uh, and Suzanne, if it's not the right relationship, there's always um, the possibility of switching. And of course, the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely in New York City. It is not easy to leave one practice nope. and find a care provider that will take you later. So I know uh, we had talked about um, you guys are both uh, the leaders of ICANN. And I know that, Narchi, you have a lot of background as a childbirth ed teacher, doula, lots of stuff. So I'm not going to ask you guys for medical expertise on this. But for the moms out there, you may want to check in with your care provider if there happen to be any medical reasons that you couldn't have a family-centered cesarean. The more I feel like I've learned about this and, and heard our two wonderful speakers speak about it, I can't think of why there would be. Maybe if there's a problem with the baby, um, you know, medical issue, but it is helpful so that you can talk about ahead of time, should you face a cesarean, uh, you're not being surprised at them saying, no, you can't have this for X, Y, and Z reasons. I just want to throw that out there for women to educate and advocate for themselves. If you guys have anything you want to add to that idea, please do. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that I'll say is one of the most transformative moments for me during my family-centered cesarean was seeing my baby before she was cleaned. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like a slightly abstract thought, but it really helped connect the fact that she had come from my body. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the birth of my son, who was sort of delivered to me, swaddled and wearing a hat. You know, like I got that moment of seeing my baby, you know, with vernix and, and blood and, and whatever. And, and, and that that moment was so entirely transformative and yet it didn't actually require any change in protocol at all. It was simply someone telling me to turn my head and look at my baby as they walked by, you know, it didn't, there was, there was nothing, um, you know, I I can't even imagine in a um, higher stakes situation, not being able to just turn your head and see your baby. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that's a discussion with your specific provider. But yeah, I guess a lot of this comes back to, 
Well, most of our conversations come back to um, talk to your care provider, think about what you want for your birth, and choose your care provider carefully. So another thing I was starting to find in some of my research is some women were actually considering having a family-centered cesarean instead of even attempting a vaginal birth. What would you say to someone with that in mind? Any thoughts? Uh, you mean as an elective first uh, yes. first birth? They're saying, well, you know, it's family-centered, it's woman-centered. Um, it's It sounds like a great idea instead of having a vaginal birth. Um, I guess first we'll be taking a look at the risks um, uh, of C-section compared to risks of vaginal birth. Um, so I guess it all starts with um, with research. Um, I'm not even sure if an elective C-section is a, an allowed choice at this point. It may be if you have certain conditions, but um, I'm not sure if it is an option. But if it is, I think it is important you know, for mom to really look at the, um, at the research in terms of risks because they're definitely higher on the mom in um, surgical birth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've just heard of, I've actually heard, I've been reading some uh, community boards of women saying, you know, it sounds so great. I think I'm going to try to opt for that instead of going for mm-hmm. vaginal birth because it sounds so supportive. So I just wanted to get your, yeah. your thoughts on that. You know, a family-centered cesarean can make the process of cesarean birth the best that it can be. Um, However, it still remains that you're having major abdominal surgery. The recovery is significantly longer and the the risks are, are, or can be much higher. So, um, you know, I would really encourage women considering elective cesarean to, um, you know, weigh, weigh all the risks and benefits. Um, and also really consider, um, their, their future family planning too, because, Mm -hmm. um, risks to mother and baby significantly increase with each cesarean surgery. And, um, yeah, so I think that's probably a big thing to, to think about. Yeah, I think because I actually read this thread on several, not the same thread, but this idea on several different boards. And I think as I was reading it, what kind of struck me is it's so nonchalantly talked about because a third of our country, sadly, are, you know, they are giving birth via cesarean. So it's become so commonplace that I don't know if it's recognized as it's major abdominal surgery. Yes, most, you know, a third of women are having this, but it's still major abdominal surgery. So I think it was just not really um, looked upon, like, why am I electing to have surgery that may not be needed? So that's, I think, where the thought was coming from. But I just want to touch upon that with you. So we've... Yeah, it just becomes like, oh, I might as well get my ears pierced. You know, it's just like that. it's so commonplace. Yeah. It's not considered um, that well, there are one risks. One thing that we've even heard from women um, at our ICANN meetings, I remember a woman saying this recently, that, um, you know, even going into the surgery and, and just after the surgery, she really felt fine with the whole experience. And it was only later that she began to, um, you know, sort of mourn the the vaginal birth that she didn't have and and the emotional side of it really snuck up on her. Um, So, you know, there may be aspects of it that women don't necessarily consider on the surface or may not even um, affect them immediately. That could come up later. Um, Absolutely. 
So we went through a lot. Do you guys have any final tips that you want to offer women seeking to have a family-centered cesarean? Well, I, I, I would say I would say provider is is the number one the number one factor whether you're planning a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth or um, or whatever. Really, finding a provider that um, that melds with your own personal philosophy and the the birth that you envision having, and really discussing with them um, in a broad way. Um, all the different scenarios that may happen and just make sure that you're comfortable with all of the answers that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Narchi, did you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, so that, that sounds great, um, what Suzanne said. And also I would add, um, we don't know how birth will go, right? So uh, most moms are hoping and planning for a smooth vaginal birth, but sometimes uh, cesareans are necessary. And uh, it's great that we have this option to do it as safely as possible. Um, it is important, um, if especially if it's in a non-emergency situation, to uh, for moms to to have a bit of time to to come to terms with uh, the idea of a C-section, if it comes like through the the birthing process, if it comes to a point where it looks like it's it's necessary and it's going to happen, you're going that way to make sure that you exhausted all other options that you may have, um, and then to to take a little time to, especially if it was in, an important uh, thing for mom to have a vaginal birth, to take a little time to kind of mourn that uh, lost vaginal birth to to um, shed some tears if needed and just come to terms with a new outcome. And then to take your time discussing your preferences for a cesarean birth with each uh, staff member that it will be involved in the birth process. Uh, anesthesiologists are coming to introduce themselves. Take the time to talk to them about what you want. Uh, if you want them to take pictures or you want them to uh, talk to you or to distract you from what's going on or to explain to you what's happening, uh, pretty, pretty much to keep you um, in the center of their attention. And then uh, talk to the nurse because she will be the one who will make sure the baby is not uh, coming to you swaddled and she will put the baby safely on your chest. So uh, it's not only the doctor uh, that you you want to talk to throughout the pregnancy, but also the staff at the time of uh, birth. Yeah, and I think one thing you're touching upon is really think ahead of what the mom may want. And I feel like, especially as a childbirth ed teacher and a and I work with so many pregnant women, I feel like the women don't want to hear about the C-section. Like, okay, just give me the details and let's, because I don't want to have this birth, so I'm not really going to go there. And I I firmly believe, you know, um, playing the ostrich, sticking your head in the sand is not ideal. I actually think the more you can talk about it and think about it, should it happen, you've already processed a little bit, but at least you've also put your preferences out. So if if you're saying, okay, I'm planning on a vaginal birth, all signs lead to I probably will have a vaginal birth, but I still need to make sure that if I have a cesarean, I'd like it to unfold in X, Y, and Z, just as you would anything else in your birth plan or preferences. That's I like that, what you were talking about. Thank you. That's a great yeah. idea. Thank you. And I also think it's important, um, as uh, Suzanne mentioned, that I love that her doula really pushed her to talk about, you know, should you have a cesarean how can make it different or can you face it? Because it's often the things that we don't want to face that sometimes show up in our face. So that was a very brave story that you shared, Suzanne. I'm really glad that your, your doula also made you face it. I had that with my first birth. It wasn't a cesarean, but it was long and arduous. And my midwife 
really pushed me to face what if it's long again? What if it's the same thing? And I just couldn't face it. And I needed her to, to make me see my own reflection in the mirror and deal with it. So I think that could be challenging too. Great. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for jumping on. I know it took to get all three of us coordinated for a call, took some moving mountains. And, and with Narji, I'm, I'm glad that your client had a wonderful quick birth and that you were able it to. It was a great V-back too. Oh, I love hearing that. Now, for those that might be out there um, having their second child after a cesarean and they're thinking about a V-back, where can they find ICANN if they want some extra support? How can they find you? Well, um, they can definitely go to our Facebook page. Um, they can also visit the main ICANN website, which is um, ICANN, which is I-C-A-N. It stands for International Cesarean Awareness Network. So ICANN-online.org. Or they can email us directly at manhattan.ny at ICANN-online.org. And um, we can get you on a list to receive our monthly meeting invites. We also um, help women uh, in their search for uh, VBAC-friendly providers. And, uh, and we give emotional support um, as needed. So we would encourage anyone who, uh, who has questions or is looking for support to definitely reach out to us. Thank you guys so much. I really think this opened up the eyes for women that didn't even know that a family centered cesarean is possible, that should they know they have to have a cesarean for whatever reason, or just it's part of their birth plan that it might happen, that it can be as yours was, Suzanne, a beautiful, beautiful woman focused experience and not a sterile, cold um challenging moment. So again, thank you both for sharing your stories and sharing this information and helping the pregnant and the birth working community just embrace birth to its fullest for women. So again, I hope you guys have a wonderful day and thank you for your time and your knowledge. All right. So PYC community, thanks for joining me today for Yoga Birth Babies. And if you enjoyed this, please jump on and rate and review as it helps other people find us. And until next time, have a great day. Take care. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.